Hey guys, welcome to our SoulFam podcast, where I interview space holders from all over the world. I'm your host, my name is Carolina, and I'm the Manifestation Mentor. Today on the show, we have Morgan Fava, the inner child guide, the death midwife, and the feminine way shower. Welcome to the show, Morgan. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. I am really glad that you're here as well, because we have a lot of exciting themes to touch upon. And I would love to jump straight in and talk about the main theme of our podcast today, which is the mother wound. And maybe we can tell all our listeners to everyone who hasn't heard this term, the mother wound, like what it means in the psychotherapeutic uh, world, <laughs> because maybe not everyone uh, has already heard of it. And then how that relates to your story and what you do with your clients, because I know that you're very big on this specific theme, and I would love you to share a little bit about that. Yeah, amazing. So for those maybe who are new to the terms or not um, sure, I like to define the mother wound as any of the pain wounding trauma that's carried by a mother or passed down by um, the mother. And this can be inherited by the child. And this gets passed down from generation to generation, right? So things that continue to go unhealed and unprocessed can be imprinted and passed down from generation to generation. It can also be the lack or loss of mothering. And so this imprint being down, um, passed down, right, can vary from child to child too, depending on the environment and the place um, that the mother is in during her pregnancy. So even for siblings, those who experience mother wounds, we all experience it in a very different perspective because it's based on where the mother was at, even starting from the time of being in the womb and during the birth process. And so there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I got into this work because it's been my biggest teacher in my life. Um, I'm the oldest of five kids. And when I was 11, my mom left. There were a lot of years of, of trauma and things prior to that. Um, but when she left, my siblings were all, the youngest three were all in diapers still and under the age of five. And so as the oldest and the oldest female, um, there was a lot that shifted in my life from that point. And I have worked with teachers, mentors, plant medicines, guides, traveled, gone deep within myself and, and done a lot of healing around this piece and saw the benefit and importance of it for those who've experienced any sort of trauma or loss or lack within their dynamic with the mother and, and really within self, right? All of this is just reflecting back the pieces and parts of where can we explore these things within ourselves. And so, um, yeah, it's been my greatest teacher and the thing that I love to share with others and support them in. Um, and I've been able to get to a place by doing this work of healing my inner child and working with my mother wound to just have such deep gratitude for it all. It's like mm. seeing the big picture and understanding of why my mom and I have had this tumultuous relationship that we've had and how she's actually really brought me my biggest blessings. Mm, that's so beautiful when you talk about it in this way because so many people that have had these wounds they don't realize that it's a diamond that is just buried underneath all this crap that we need to go through right because like I've had exactly. a, also an abandonment wound by my dad and I know how it feels to be healing it and healing it and healing it and it's like mm -hmm. it's years of healing this abandonment trauma but then you realize that when you heal it you become more and more empowered and you expand beyond what you thought is possible for 
for you to bear. So it's actually a blessing if you look at it in this way. And I'm curious to know, because one question came to my mind, you said that you had younger siblings and in the psychotherapeutic or uh, generally healing world, we say that we are programmed more or less until the age seven or 10 years old. And then afterwards mm -hmm. we have mental body that develops. So we are able to understand everything more with our mental self. Um, and it's not as imprinted as it was before. However, I feel like the abandonment wound is such a deep wounding that it had to be imprinted on you. And I'm curious to know whether you see a difference between your siblings and you, how you reacted um, with this event, because you were already 11 years old, meaning you already had some capacity to understand mentally what's going on. And I'm curious if you saw any differences uh, or discrepancy in terms of maybe someone had it like, you know, in a different way, they received it in a different way, uh, perceived it in a different way, depending also, I guess, on the personality, but also on the age of the kid that goes through something like that. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, I work with astrology and stuff too. And something I find so fascinating is like my sister and I are close in age and then there's a gap and I have, we have three younger siblings and we both have um, in astrology placements, our Chiron is in cancer, which is like a placement of having a mother wound. And, and my, my three brothers, they have their Chiron all in the same place, but it's not in cancer. And they, they were all the ones that were, you know, under five and they've had a significantly different experience with it. Like to them, the, the mother just never existed. Right. And they had strong female, you know, women in their life who sort of played that role from stepmoms to, um, me and my sister and just aunts and, and so a lot of women stepped in to play that, to fill that role for them. Um, and I've seen it affect my sister and I much differently, even though we had more of the mental capacity, I think that the imprint, right, that zero to seven, we were so deeply impacted while my brothers were still young and, um, you know, subconscious mind was more malleable at that time. And there was a lot of space to kind of save them and protect them. Um, and, uh, you know, work with them through what they experienced early on prior to them growing up and becoming, you know, teenagers and then having to process it or young adults. So it's been a very different uh, wound for the three of them versus my sister and I. Mm, yeah, it's very interesting, right? Because sometimes when, because I do inner child healing with my clients as well, and sometimes there are such big trauma, even in further years, uh, beyond 10 years old or something like that, that you have to go through in order to heal the whole wounding. Because otherwise it is just such an imprint, like for example, a loss of someone, you know, if someone is committing suicide maybe, or even in the further adult years, like you need to revisit the trauma in further years in your adulthood in order to heal our teenagers, in order to heal the whole wounding. So I feel like, because at the core, I usually... It's usually enough for me, at least, to heal the first original memory of the specific feeling. And then it's like a domino effect. Everything else is just dispersed by putting, like taking the whole uh, um, bush by the branch, not cutting the branches, but taking the roots out, right? So you take the whole thing out, go into the original memory. But sometimes if you have deeper wounding, it actually is necessary to go through other experiences in life I found. So I'm curious to know whether it was the same in your case when you were working with yourself or, or with your clients, if it's like enough most of the time to go to the original memory in childhood and then from there everything resolves or if oftentimes you encounter the cases where you actually need to go with the same kind of feeling that we're working, you actually need to resolve the teenage or adult memories as well. 
Yeah, I think it definitely varies. Um, but in my experience, it is a layered process, right? And so sometimes going directly to that original childhood memory is really powerful. It brings a new lens of perspective, right, to the adult self. So that then when we go back into maybe the teenage years or the way that this pattern or story is repeating, there's a different way of viewing it. And it makes it, I would say, it gets to get easier, right? When we have the tools or the awareness, when we look at things from this sort of elevated perspective beyond the womb, when we've been able to meet those kind of unmet emotional needs deep from childhood where it originated, we can have more compassion and love and understanding to those later themes that were carried on from that original wound. But I do find that it has significance in still going back to kind of each point where it's shown up and doing some of that work. And it's, you know, it's never linear, obviously. And so sometimes we popcorn first, you know, it might be a teenage thing that comes up and then we get to this point in childhood where it originated. And then it brings this like aha moment to experiences that have happened in adulthood and it could happen in any which way, you know, of that. Um, but I do find that unearthing that original wound just brings a deep level of understanding within self where everything looks different from that viewpoint. Mm, yeah, totally. I agree with everything that you said. And I'm also interested in knowing whether you have seen some of the patterns, because you've probably worked with mother wounds, not only with yourself, but also with other people. So do you see any kind of repeated patterns with people who have had the mother wound, like loss of a mother or abandonment wound by a mother? Because I've recently uh, spoken to a person and we were talking about on the podcast about fatherless daughters and abandonment wound. And it was so vivid for me because my, my father left when I was two years old. And I'm curious to know if it's a similar imprints or similar wounding, similar patterns that are coming up in our subconscious mind when we lose a mother versus when we lose a father. So do you see any repeated patterns and what they are in people who have lost their mothers at some point or, or who have a very severe mother wound? Yeah, I mean, you know, not to like lump everyone in the same space, but there does seem to be a lot of commonality around deep layers of unworthiness right and that's been something that I've unearthed you know it's like if my own mother doesn't want me who's going to want me right or desire me it's like the one person who gave birth to you brought you into this world and so that story seems to run really deep right and it shows up in different ways um, I think collectively you know there's a deep wound of, of not enoughness or unworthiness that shows up and it has sneaky ways of showing up but the mother wound you know, it seems to show up in ways of actually rejecting like things that want to come to us, right? Rejecting the good stuff because of that story that we carry. Um, feeling like we don't belong, especially around groups of other women or in areas with other women, right? Always in this comparison or jealousy or hierarchy of I'm not enough to be in these spaces with these women. Um, and then, you know, thirdly, I would say the way I see the mother wound show up is when women who've experienced either, you know, a strained relationship or a loss of a mother in some way, um, but them really, really caring wounding around how they show up as mother to their children, right? It's like mm -hmm. the fear of, am I going to, you know, mess this up and, and not having necessarily someone to look to for guidance and support or any sort of right role model as who was their mother, 
And so they really go through these struggles of their identity as mother. Mm. And what comes to me as well is that it could potentially also lead to uh, losing a baby. Like, I mean, I'm not sure how it's called in English, but when you when a baby is in your belly and then you pretty much just lose it because you're so scared to be a mother and then the, your yeah. whole miscarriage. Yeah, exactly. I forgot mm. the word. Uh, you're so afraid to be the mother that you pretty much just your body reacts in a way that you go through a miscarriage because it's like, oh, I cannot carry the child right. because if my mother was like this, then I don't even want to be a mother at all. So I think it could potentially lead to that. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it's it definitely a, a scenario that I have seen and it's even difficulty in getting pregnant in general, right? In just like the body even being open to, um, carrying a child because of that fear is so deep and it can be. Mm. So I see some similarities, actually, all these things that you said, like unworthiness, not feeling enough. These are pretty much similar to when you have a father wound as well, like being afraid to be criticized or be feeling guilty as well, because then the, the child is just taking everything personally. It's like it's my fault that the parent left mm -hmm. and stuff. So it's it's pretty interesting that there are similarities in that. And so how did you heal your mother wound? What was the most powerful tool or technique or a few if you'd like to share for anyone who listens and they are like, wow, I can see now that I also have a mother wound, but I have no idea how to go about it. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, a very long process, but I will say some of the key things that have really stood out for me are um, one has been working with my inner child deeply. And that has just been a lot of being present with her, you know, just like asking her what she needs and allowing spaciousness for that a lot of journaling, a lot, a lot of journaling. Um, plant medicine has been a big impact on me in that way. And not that, you know, that is a road that's just one avenue and, and there's many ways to get there. Um, but in particular, early on in my journey, I had, um, you know, one ayahuasca ceremony where I, I kind of sat across from the essence of my mom and who she is in this lifetime. And I got to see all of her darkness and demons and just things that are attached to her that she maybe even sought help for as a child and never really was seen in that. So it was like seeing her own inner child and her own hurt. And that just brought me into such uh, a space of being able to have deep compassion and understanding for her being who she is. And um, then just continuing to focus on and love myself, right? It's just been this journey of feeling safe to receive what wants to come and no longer rejecting that and and not believing that story of rejection which started with my mother wound and seeing the gift in that and so ultimately you know it's been studying my astrology and working with teachers but the inner child piece and and being able to see the gift that she's been to me in her teaching me that I will not ever, not in this lifetime or any other, abandon myself again. And that has just been such a mirror to that. Wow, that's powerful what you just said, that you will never abandon yourself. Yeah, because we actually internalize our parents. So if any of our parents abandon us in childhood, that means that we have a part of us that abandoned us. So we actually abandon ourselves. So once we work with our internal parts, we do parts work, parts integration or aspecting or internal family systems or things like that, then we can resolve this 
uh, energy, this resistance that is between our inner child and our inner parent, I found at least. And it's very powerful what you say about compassion and seeing your parent as an inner child. I feel like sometimes when I was working with my father wound as well, it helped me a lot to just really see through and see his little boy and understanding his history as well, like how he was brought up, how his parents were behaving at home and how he was very nervous as a child. He had to take pills to just be calm and things like that just give you more context for you to understand. And once you can understand a person, it's harder to hold resentment because then you're like, okay, I can really see why this person acted like that. And sometimes this intellectual understanding is enough for us to let go. Sometimes not. Sometimes we need to unlayer a lot of grief, resentment, sadness, anger, whatever we store in our body towards our parent that abandoned us. But still, I feel like just having this layer of seeing not only these people, like our parents who abandoned us as inner children, but literally everyone, everyone who gets triggered or everyone who does anything to us that we really dislike, seeing them as just confused and lost children that didn't have any support to handle their emotions and to process what they are feeling, it really helps to be patient, to be calm, to be more nurturing and compassionate towards them. So it's a beautiful practice. And I highly recommend for everyone who holds any kind of resentments towards their parents, but also just friends and family, really, uh, just anyone. So would you agree? (laughs) Absolutely. I joke all the time, you know, with my friends and, and clients and stuff that like, I, I only see people as their inner child, right? Like when I see somebody, you know, in a trigger or upset or even in an adult tantrum like all I see now is that wounded aspect of their inner child like within them and it allows me to see things in a totally different way because it's like oh I get where this hurt is coming from and I can understand it more and and then meet that right where it's at Mm, beautiful yeah and it's also about having compassion towards yourself because I feel like once you have massive compassion and acceptance towards your inner child, you can also relate to other people and have massive acceptance towards their inner child. That's what I found on my journey anyway. The more I did healing on myself, the more I was actually able to see others as inner children as well. So the stronger my relationship with my inner child was, the stronger also the relationship with other inner children, let's say. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. So I would love to also touch upon this topic because I feel like it's very important when it comes to healing the wounds from our parents, our ancestors, but even people around us who have harmed us in any way, who have Uh, who maybe we've had some conflicts with and it is cord cutting uh, because I don't think I've spoken on the podcast about cord cutting um, at all or maybe I don't even remember but I wanted to jump into this uh, and talk about it like what it is for anyone who doesn't know and also how to do it a simple process maybe we can even uh, demonstrate for a few minutes to go into the process of cord cutting in order to really split the energy our energy from the other person so I'm curious to know your perspective on it yeah so you know just any given moment every day all day we are sharing our energy right on a daily basis with other people with places with things and a lot of the time it's this exchange of you know love and joy and connection and um but there are times where we might attach or become attached in lower vibrational ways. 
And sometimes it is through people that we're closest to, right? Like our mother or father or siblings or past love interests, things like that. And so we share our energy and we create these attachments or what I would refer to as energetic cords. And um, they can be something that can be limiting, right? It's, I always think of it as like a big bucket full of water. And if you have all these tiny little holes in it, eventually, right over time, no matter how much you're working to fill it up, there's always going to be this leak of energy. And that's the way that I view some cords that are no longer serving us. And so it's always our choice, right? To decide um, how we want to share our energy and who we want to share it with. And these practices doing cord cutting can be really powerful and just calling our energy back from places that it may be leaking out to and, and we could have awareness around it or not. Um, and also detaching anything that we feel has been connected to us that isn't serving and we're ready to let go of. And something I always share when I'm walking clients or people through this process is that just because we're detaching a cord doesn't mean that we're like saying that this person is completely gone from our life, right? We're just releasing that energy in the way that it's connected to us. And then moving forward, it's this conscious choice of, right, our sovereignty of does this person get access to me? And we we get to, um, you know, give permission and consent over that. And then we also get to let go of it and give it back when, you know, whatever, the interaction's complete and and we're done with that. Um, there's a lot of benefit to this practice too. You know, it's something that can allow us to, um, just stand more, you know, in our power, in our truth, feel more energetically clear and clean. And so sometimes people are like, well, how do you know, you know, if I, if I should do a cord cutting and, you know, some signs and these are just some that might show up, but if you're feeling drained by like a specific person or thing, maybe there's obsessive thoughts or behaviors, right. That kind of always show up around this person or environment or thing that might be a sign of like, okay, a, a cord cutting could be beneficial. Um, if you find yourself having a lot of negative talk or chatter, uh, of past relationships or current relationships, that could be a sign. Um, if you find yourself feeling, um, you know, drained or like not your true self around a certain person, or when you think of a certain person, or maybe, you're holding on to some hurt or pain in a lower vibrational way. These are all ways that would demonstrate the benefit, right? It would be beneficial then to perhaps do a cord cutting. And this is just one tool that can be really helpful. There are definitely many, um, but I walk clients through this a lot, especially when we've done work around parent wounds and um, within the Akashic records, which is something that I do, but we uh, go in and we'll, you know, do these cord cuttings. They're also really powerful to do around the time of full moon cycles, because that's the time of release. Um, so you could do it even as a monthly practice of just like calling your energy back and letting go of what's not serving. Mm. I don't know if you have any thoughts or questions on that, but yeah, sure. Why not? Let's explore deeper. <laughs> so I'm curious to know whether you, you need to be specific about the person that you are cutting the cords with, or just the intention of bringing back your energy into your field. And you don't even need to remember or have conscious awareness of where this energy has gone. Um, it can be done just intentionally. So both. And, and this is like, I've, love that you kind of asked that question in that way, because I would say like, this is something that you can do in like a big way, right? You can make it very ceremonial. You can 
set up a space and and just have deep intention around it and if there's a specific relationship right like we were talking about mother wound or father wound or relationship that you're really feeling you're ready to let go of or just you know clear the space with I highly recommend making it more ceremonial if this is something where you're just like maybe you're feeling drained and you're wondering you know where's my energy at and can I call it back I have a daily practice where I do just a very simple sort of breath that is similar to what you would do in a cord cutting. And I just take like three to five conscious deep breaths. And when I breathe in, I just visualize breathing back in my energy, anything that's leaking, anything that I want to call back in. And then when I exhale, I release anything that doesn't belong to me and just let go of what I might have picked up or attached to. And so that's a simple way to do it from day to day to just help keep your energy field clean and help keep that um, sort of spiritual hygiene in check. Uh, for doing it again in a in a bigger way or more specific about somebody, you do, you know, wanna create a space that's quiet and maybe you light some candles or clear the energy of that space if you have an altar space or something like that. Um, some people bring in pictures of the person, right? You might bring them into that space or call them in by name or both. Um, and then, you know, drop into meditations. I have some clients like to move. So we'll do some body movement or dance and just get really centered and in the heart space. And other people just like to do sort of guided visual me meditation. And you can do that. Once you feel like you're really grounded and centered, you know, then from that space, you can um, imagine the person, place, or thing standing in front of you. Um, I always encourage dialogue of any kind, right? You can speak anything into the field that you desire to say. And sometimes the silence is also just as beautiful. And then the visualization of the chords and chords show up in many different ways, right? They can be thick and sticky and they can be dark or they can look like vines or, you know, chords of any kind that have clients visualize them in many different ways. Um, but visualizing the chords and then visualizing the clearing of them. And so physically in, in um, the space, you can bring in string and you can cut it with scissors or burn it over a flame. Always being careful if you have candles in the space um, or just visualizing, clearing it and cutting it from your field. And so it's it's a, a place that we get to play too. We get to make it what feels good. Um, and then removing the cords, visualizing them being released, going back, you know, to where they belong, or even just falling to the earth and being alchemized by that energy. Um, and there's different mantras and, and things like that, that you can say there's, you know, simple ones, like I call upon, you know, my guides to help me let go and cut any etheric cords that are no longer serving my highest purpose. And that's just a very simple way of stating it those mantras can go deep, especially more intentional, depending on the situation and environment. Mm, beautiful. Thank you for this explanation. And I feel like to me, what's really important in cord cutting as well, when I walk my clients or friends or myself through it, is to actually place the boundary. Because oftentimes, if we are connected with someone on the cords, and if at 
it, it affects us in some way, not in a good way, in a way that we are actually like resisting, then means yeah. that we we take on someone's energy. We actually let them enter our energy field. And it doesn't matter. Maybe we are super empathetic and we just open with our energy sensitive to everything. Or maybe it's just a close person to us. So we are connected to them. Maybe it's a parent. So we are even more connected than to uh, mm -hmm. random people, right? So we need to also state and even imagine the boundary. And I like to imagine just an energy bubble or maybe like a wall or maybe like a bubble of mirror so that everything that comes from the person to me is reflected back to them. Because I feel like otherwise this energy might still affect us, especially if it's someone that is present in our life, like on a daily basis or a weekly basis, it might still affect us unless we actually are really strong that this energy of the person cannot enter my field and so i think that's a very important component as well and i like to use violet flame for transformation of any like dark energies or suppressed emotions on the cords as well because i found violet flame to be super powerful and i also like to ask my guides or arc and uh, archangels to just cut the cords and to just do whatever they need to do so that i can just chill and relax and you know i don't need to do much i can just ask my guides and archangels to do the work and and it's uh, and it's done so i just wanted to add that because i feel like this boundary um is really really crucial especially when you have this person in in your surroundings on a daily basis yeah yeah and that's um like going in through the akashic records is a big piece of that uh, i visualize same thing i work with violet flame which is saint germain and i love that energy and calling in yeah the archangels um, and I work a lot with sacred geometry. So putting each client or self in like your Merkaba for protection and that boundary space of what we allow and, um, don't allow into our field in those, uh, ceremonies specifically. And then beyond that. Mm, beautiful. So can you share a story of you or your client that, is reflecting the transformation before and after cord cutting. Do you have any specific anything specific in mind that was just so vivid that this ceremony or this practice uh, has helped you or your client in your life? Yeah, um, as you're asking that, I'm like, you know, there's many, but one that kind of comes up to mind and, and it actually is specific to a mother wound. So, um, you know, I had a client who was raised by a narcissistic mother and was diagnosed with a couple different disorders herself in adulthood. And as she became a mother and there was just so much fear around it. And so, um, you know, she had started to slowly get into doing her own personal work and, and healing and getting support. And I'd been working with her for a while and she'd had, you know, just maintained just a small amount of connection to her mom out of right fear of, of losing that and what that might look like. And, you know, she tried to kind of cut her out a few times feeling like it would just be the healthiest thing for her and her kids and just really struggled with that. And there would always be this cycle on repeat of like, you know, she would detach and then she'd find her way back in and then it would end up in a lot of manipulation and pain and struggle. And so we did a very formal cord cutting and, um, you know, brought in different aspects and parts of for her too, right? Her inner child. And there was like two parts of that one, you know, prior to her parents' divorce and one um, after. And those two pieces were really specific in the way that they showed up in those detachments 
of, you know, kind of having all of these versions of her and aspects of her being there to witness this release. And once we did that, she, you know, it took a little time to kind of clear that space, but she was able to write her mom in a kind of a, a final letter of like, you know, I'm, I'm really choosing me and motherhood right now. And um, that's been a couple of years and she's been able to maintain really healthy, strong boundaries. There's been little interactions, but it's not been that same kind of icky cycle on repeat. And she's reflected a lot on how the cord cutting really felt like it was the thing that helped sever those energetic ties that she felt were just lingering that kept that cycle going. And so it was a really powerful ceremony for sure. Mm, amazing. And that brings me also um, this practice to my mind. When I do cord cutting, I usually also pull out the energy of this person from my body into a bucket or a box and I just give it back to them. And I do the same with like magnetizing my energy from them into me. But sometimes the simple practice of just like pulling out the energy that this person has given you, especially if it's negative, is just so powerful, so simple, but so powerful. In like minutes, you can literally shift your energy big time. So it's so amazing how the energy world yeah. works we live in a magical world <laughs> i know we really do <laughs> we were <It's> lucky <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. so i would love you to share one piece of advice for everyone who struggles with the mother wound just to uh, close our conversation uh, almost last question so is there anything that comes to you when when it comes to healing the mother wound what would be your advice for people so the thing that I have found to be most beneficial in the journey, and sometimes I've heard it and it still can be a challenge to hear this, but to know deep down that our mother has given us everything that we need want desire from her right like the dynamic the choice of us choosing her as our mother and whatever that way that that relationship shows up it's also perfectly divine and created for us right to expand to grow to evolve to learn and once I really let that sink in at first I was very resistant to it but it's like this deep understanding that she gave me exactly what I need and to be able to understand that gave me just such a different foundation to grow from and do that work from. Um, and so, you know, it's like getting to that place of, okay, can I see her as this human being who also came here to grow and evolve and she's doing the best she can with what she knew. And also she did sign up, right, to be my mother and I chose to be her daughter or son and what is this agreement that we're in and what am I meant to learn? And when we can get to that sort of lesson or experience, it really changes the way that the wound shows up and the way that we see it. Mm, wow. Really powerful. That's a beautiful ending of this conversation. So one last little question to you, where could people find you if they would like to see more of your content, just more of you in general? <laughs> yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, just under my name, Morgan Fava. And my website too is just morganfava.com. Um, as a true manifesting generator, I dabble in many things. So there's lots of things to dive into. <laughs> 
Amazing. I'm a money Jenny as well. So I feel your sister. <laughs> That's exactly my case as well. <laughs> I love juggling around all these different healing modalities and techniques because it's um, all, it's all beautiful. Like there's so many things we can do with our energy field and in so many different ways that it's just like a, a infinite rabbit hole of uh, potential possibilities. Yeah. So I feel you. Exactly. <laughs> beautiful. Thank you so much, Morgan. I really appreciate you sharing your beautiful energy energy and your wisdom with us and I'm sure our listeners appreciate it as well it's been a pleasure to talk to you so thanks a lot oh, thank you thank you so much for having me I've deeply appreciated it mm. thank you so so much beautiful people for listening to us the conversation with Morgan was amazing and if you'd like to contact me I'm available at connect at soulfam.com or you can find me on Instagram at our podcast Instagram, which is at we are soul fam, or my private profile is carolina.kuraj, K-U-R-A-J. And my name is Carolina with K. If you want to learn how to manifest your dreams into reality, I can teach you how to do it. So please contact me and don't hesitate to ask me any questions about any of the episodes as well. Sending you much love and massive manifestation power. Thank you so much.